1: Hello, I've got some exciting news to share with you all at Retrition Plus, which as many of you may know, is my evidence-based supplements company. We've relaunched and there are four incredible products on offer. The Daily Vegan Multistill, a Pregnancy Multivitamin and an Adult's Vitamin D Daily Spray. But here's another new one, the Kids' Daily Vitamin D Drops. At Retrition Plus, of course, the approach I've always had is that it's rooted in science. It's not in fleeting trends. We will only ever partner in the fact that we want to achieve a healthier, more balanced you. We're equally passionate about the well-being of our planet. So for me, Retrition Plus is transparent. We are sustainable and responsible. You know, our approach to well-being is at the core of everything that we do. Our supplements are designed so you can live and breathe a healthy diet and balanced lifestyle. I- developed this idea in lockdown I've had my children and that's where the passion I suppose really comes. If you guys want to go and check out the range at Retrition Plus and our new products which I know are going to help so many people just head over to retritionplus.com and you can also check us out on social media at Retrition Plus. Hello welcome back to season 16 of food for thought i can't actually believe it i can't even believe we're on season 16 and i'm back in the studio here in london it's fantastic we've got the most incredible lineup of guests that are going to be bringing you the most fascinating conversations with nutrition, health and wellness fields. We've definitely gone above and beyond, guys, this time. I want to make sure that we have all the best information out there to equip you with the latest scientific evidence and research so you can, of course, live and breathe a healthy lifestyle, supporting you to make informed decisions because, after all, you're the ones that make the decisions with your life. A little bit about me. For those of you that don't know, I am Rhiannon Lambert, a registered nutritionist, Sunday Times best-selling author of *The Science of Nutrition*, many other books there too, the founder of Harley Street Clinic Retrition and the evidence-based supplements company Retrition Plus. Over the next few weeks, my guests and I aim to use science-based research, so we're going to sort fact from fiction. There is an overwhelming amount of confusing health information out there, so join us to dispel everything that remains misunderstood within the world of wellness. And as always, thank you so much. Gosh, we couldn't do it without you wonderful listeners. Honestly, the messages I receive, the support, the love, it's incredible. And I can't wait to hear what you think of the new season. So let's go. Now, today's episode is truly, I think, an important one because most people do know somebody that is impacted by cancer. So a trigger warning, first of all, we are discussing today the conflicting information that is out there I guess on how and what to eat to prevent cancer, but also with the endless controversy that's around. It's on social media. There are influencers everywhere, gurus saying, I guess, something different. And that can be really confusing, but also dangerous with regards to who to trust. Now, regardless of the type of cancer or environment, we need to normalize eating the foods we love, of course, enjoyment, nourishing our body, but we do need to take back control and really find freedom here. So this week's episode is so informative. It's with the incredible Nicole Andrews. She's a registered dietitian. She graduated from Washington State University and she's widely known as the oncology dietitian. We've been trying to get a date with her for so long. So she's an author, the best-selling book, Sugar Does Not Feed Cancer. And she's considered to be one of the most influential cancer dietitians internationally. So she aims to empower survivors to take back control of their nutrition and lifestyles. So hello,
0: Nicole. Hello. How are you? Thank you for having me.
1: <laughs> oh, it's, it's an absolute pleasure. Honestly, when I saw your work and I saw your book and I just thought this is an episode we have to have on food for thought, because believe it or not, I don't feel there's a lot of conversation at the moment in the UK actually about cancer nutrition and it's not getting the platform it deserves so I guess can you start by just saying a tiny bit about yourself I've done a lovely intro but it would be great to hear in your own words, I guess how on earth you got into cancer as a dietitian I suppose.
0: Yeah, I know. I agree with you. It's a topic that should be talked about so much more, so I'm so excited to be here. So um, I'm a registered dietitian. I'm in the USA, and I've worked in oncology my entire dietetics career, so that's 12 years. Um, Right after I graduated from college and passed the boards, I just was put on an oncology floor in the hospital, and I just fell in love because cancer survivors just do so much better during treatment and to reduce cancer risk when they have the facts around nutrition. And there's more misinformation around how to eat to reduce cancer risk than there are facts. So I was so happy to be a mythbuster and help them feel happy around food again and take control of ways to reduce risk. So that's why I've stayed here and I just love it. And now I have my own private practice. I've been doing that for four years and it's just the best.
1: It's amazing. You're right. I think there is more myth busting with it as well. And I think people will be really shocked to hear that that outweighs actually probably the amount of new information they might gather potentially as well I I feel like the internet's gone wild Um, obviously platforms on social media are so unregulated
0: so unregulated there's there's entire platforms that just share misinformation after misinformation and it really is hard on cancer survivors because they aren't they don't have a background in you know oncology nutrition and they're trying to survive and not get cancer again so they're more susceptible to believing those things that are not true. Cause those, yeah, it's pretty frustrating. So I'm just glad to continue to share the facts.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, we have to put ourselves in the position. I know I mentioned it when I was introducing this episode just now that so many people know somebody that is impacted by cancer or you are experiencing that directly. It's very common, actually more common than I think people realize. Could you first explain for our listeners that are a bit confused anyway, what is cancer? I know there's many different types, but just as a quick umbrella term, I suppose, could you describe exactly the mechanism? Yeah. So
0: basically what cancer is, is a damaged cell DNA um, or damaged cell within our bodies that was not able to repair. And it continued to break down and take on the new form of cancer. So healthy cell being damaged from day to day, uh, free radicals from age, from injury, from things that are normal as a human. And our bodies are usually very good at repairing things our cells. But unfortunately when, you know, things just don't go right, it's, it's really unlucky, unfortunately, um, or maybe genetics, you're more at risk or lifestyle. You may be more at risk. It's harder for your cells to repair and become a normal cell again. And unfortunately they go through a process of becoming that, that cancerous cell. There's so many different types of cancer, unfortunately, um, So, and then of course, once you're diagnosed, you know, there's different stages, there's different treatment plans that your oncology team, you know, will help you. Um, There's so many different ways to get treated. And fortunately there's ways to get treated now that are less invasive, which is really important to improve quality of life. Um, So yeah, it's those damaged DNAs that don't get back to normal. So that's really what we want to try to do is help support our bodies so they um,
1: can repair and keep normal. Absolutely. Thank you. And it's something at the moment for me, that's really close to my heart. I've got a close family member that's going through stage four, a stage four cancer. And it's, um. it turns, I think people turn to Google immediately, or perhaps I'm old school. It's not Google anymore, like I said before. But they will search their type of cancer. And they will say, what diet should I eat for my cancer? Let's yes. start there. Because of course, From my own reading, some nutritional elements such as dairy, if we start with dairy, might be beneficial for one, not for another. Is there, how much truth is there in that aspect?
0: So actually dairy is going to be beneficial for all, fortunately. That's another one of those myths that come out saying that dairy is going to increase risk for certain cancers like breast or prostate, but that's very, very weak data that's not demonstrated in humans. But the strong human data for dairy, for example, is that it reduces risk of colon cancer. So anyone will benefit from having dairy and that's strong human data. So what I share is what's the up-to-date strong human data that's shown. So not the weak data as we don't have enough evidence to show that it would actually increase cancer risk. You know, it's weak data. It's not conclusive. So that's not, you know, we're paying attention to that strong data. So, For specific cancers, yes, there are some that have more research and there's more lifestyle nutrition information like colon cancer and breast cancer. For example, there's Mm -hmm. quite a bit of research to show how you can reduce risk of those cancers. Now, that doesn't mean that those things that you're doing, you know, to reduce risk of breast or colon aren't going to apply to all cancers. So during cancer treatment, the most important thing is to attend all treatments, no matter what your cancer, attend all treatments at full dose. We want to follow the doctor's prescription. So my job is to support my clients to eat really well, enough calories, protein, movement, stay strong to attend all treatments because then the cancer will be gone. That's my mm-hmm. goal. Okay, so it doesn't matter the type of cancer. We want to look at the cancer treatment. Um, you know, certain treatments will be susceptible to different nutrition-related side effects that I want to address. Um, you know, how are, they, how are they going into those treatments? Are they malnourished going in? Um, so many different factors there, but they're all going to follow about the same diet during cancer treatment and then also to reduce cancer uh, recurrence so once treatments are over again it's going to be a very similar diet for everyone across the board because it's going to help to reduce basically it's going to help to support your entire body all the cells so yeah. yes there's more research for breast and colon cancer of things we can do but those things would also you'd want to do it to reduce risk of any cancers right.
1: um because this is what happens straight away i think um naturally you you know we want to take control of a situation We want to do what we can people go down a rabbit hole searching for like you said specific foods this is when the myth comes in like you said the whole food group and perhaps they have prostate cancer and they've read that they should be having more pomegranates or you know and I think what you've just explained um there's so much nuance there's just so much context that people just don't have in mainstream um mainstream discussions surrounding cancer the fact that in order to fight this or to work towards this, a better goal, you need energy. Now, this is where your book title comes in, which I think was absolutely fabulous that sugar does not feed cancer. Because let's let's be honest, probably the number one alarmingly scary headline on the internet is beware, sugar feeds a tumor, helps it grow, sugar, sugar, with no context around it. So I'm gonna let you do your you do your thing, break that one yeah. down.
0: Yeah. So, um, so cancer is just, it's a highly complex. It's not like a normal cell. It does not function or act in any way, shape or form than a healthy cell. Okay. So healthy cells, they have their certain process to where if we eat, you know, they're going to be nourished. If we're not eating, they're going to wither down. They're going to break down. Cancer cells do not. And researchers are still like looking very closely at this. They're studying cancer all the time, but they do not slow down. And they do not slow down in proliferation. So growth and proliferation does not slow down based on how you eat. Cancer doesn't care. It has very dis- complex ways to create energy. It has uh, creates its own blood vessels. Um, the I guess you'd call like the the area around like the bubble. I guess around any type of cancer has all these little um, how would you say it? It's basically prepared to take up nutrition at any moment. It's always getting enough nutrition, no matter how you eat. So unfortunately, let's say a cancer survivor took out sugar or took out a certain food. The cancer, it doesn't care, sadly. It's going, it just, the metabolism is wild. It's not like a healthy cell at all. And a lot of researchers will think, okay, this is, you know even the way that cancer functions to produce energy it seems inefficient, Um, but cancer just has its own way to continue to grow and divide. And that's why surgery is best. So if you could just remove cancer with surgery that would be best. Even though it's invasive, it's the least amount of invasive. And then of course comes in like, you know, radiation, chemo, things like that. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people will think, all right, sugar feeds cancer, right? Because what happens is cancer does have a higher uptake of glucose. It also uptakes protein and fat, but it does take up more glucose and faster. The thing is, though, is we cannot change that. As I just kind of described, we cannot slow it down. So if you were to have no sugar, no carbs, the cancer would still take up all the glucose that it needs it would never slow down. You could be a malnourished cancer survivor and eating hardly anything, the cancer would still get all of the nutrients it needs. So for people to think like okay, if I remove this one food, I'll manipulate cancer if I remove this one food, it's going to to stop is actually quite simple. That would be so simple to take out a food group or to add a food group in. It's just not that it's just not that easy. There's no, I mean, yes, there are recommendations on how to eat really well to improve treatment outcomes and how to reduce cancer risk. Yes, there's definitely things that we can do, but there's no one specific magic diet, magic cure, the soursop, the alkaline diet, the going organics, going vegan, all these things are not magic, um, unfortunately. So cancer is just, it's a, it's a beast when it comes to its metabolism. So we cannot manipulate it with food. So what I talk about and what the research shows what's so important for cancer survivors is to eat really well to help those healthy cells. Because those healthy cells, if you're nourished really well during treatment, you're gonna show up and have better treatment outcomes, less severity of side effects. If you eat really well and nourish those healthy cells, they're gonna be protected from that you know, cellular damage, things like that to reduce risk of cancer. So my focus is on, if you have cancer, let's make sure you get to all treatments. If you don't have cancer, let's support your healthy cells to keep them strong and protected so we don't get a recurrence.
1: Yeah, Thank you. And to give people hope, of course, eating a healthy, balanced diet or following a Mediterranean style, you know, a basic kind of balanced plate vibe is still a really beneficial thing to do. Don't give up all hope and think, oh, it doesn't matter what I eat. Of course, what you eat can still help, like you said, protect those healthy cells you do have or give you the energy to get through. Because I don't want anyone listening to think, oh, well there's no hope then with my nutrition, because like you said, nutrition is going to fuel them the energy they need, right? The good energy, the antioxidants, the things they need.
0: Yeah, it's that the nutrition won't affect the cancer cells and their metabolism, but absolutely 100% eating mostly a plant-based diet, removing alcohol, tobacco, increasing whole grains, increasing movement will absolutely, you know, reducing body fat tissue will reduce cancer risk significantly, multiple cancers. Absolutely. It makes a huge impact on those healthy cells. I just want to make it really clear that I'm saying we can't manipulate cancer cells, but we absolutely can reduce risk reduce our chances of getting cancer when we eat well and change our lifestyle with that evidence-based nutrition and lifestyle tips. Correct. Absolutely.
1: It's, it's the whole, yeah, it's the sugar. It's the fear mongering. You touched on it very quickly, but why? Because obviously there was a big story in the headlines. I think a lot of people know with the doctor that went to jail that did a juice cleanse kind of program. It was somewhere in the States. I can't remember where it was to do with, you know, or tricked cancer survivors. There was also an influence that pretended to have can have cancer, made a Mm -hmm. lot of money off people. It was absolutely devastating to read about.
0: It's very it's terrible because there's real people really suffering. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And people are believed you know, kind of I, I mean I cannot use the right language because I have not lived through cancer, but I have lost people to cancer. And all I can say is I cannot imagine the desperation and the hope that this these false claims give people. So if you could just reiterate again, why is juicing perhaps not the best idea instead of eating solid foods when you have cancer, um, correct me if I'm wrong, and, and that isn't the case, um, and why maybe a complete sudden change massively in diet may not be great.
0: Yeah, so you mean not a complete change in massive diet when you're going through cancer treatment?
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: First off, it's infuriating those people who do share misinformation. They have no problem lying and taking advantage of vulnerable people, which is just wrong. So there's not, everyone out there is not selling, you know, things out of integrity and it's infuriating for me, but I'm glad we're talking about it now. I think an important thing when you go out on social media, if people are making you big promises and that's what's happening with those pages, they're saying this juice will cure you. This juice will make it so you don't have to ever have chemo. Those are some big claims. We will cure you. You know, people who are professional out of integrity will share, hey, this is what's going to help you. These are, you know, this is the chances. We can't guarantee anything. That's more realistic. When people start saying, this is a magic thing that no one's been telling you about, they're lying. Because unfortunately, with cancer, there's just not one single cure, unfortunately. So I understand why those are attractive, though, because when you're diagnosed with cancer, you're, you know, you're faced with your mortality. If you have a family or loved ones, I can't even, I don't even know how that feels. Cancer survivors can definitely share more how that feels. You have to look at, you know, dying. So the desperation makes a lot of sense, okay? So it's important to talk to, you know, health professionals like us that's you know, look at the science, look at the evidence. So it's important to not change your diet drastically when going through cancer treatment, because like I had mentioned, cancer metabolism is highly complex and cannot be manipulated by any foods. It cannot. It has its own thing. However, healthy cells, what uh, what evidence-based strong human data is demonstrating is that when cancer survivors that are going through treatment, if they're going in well-nourished, if they're going in having had been exercising or moving their body more, getting enough calories and protein, um, they're going to have better treatment outcomes, which means they're going to better treatment outcomes is defined as, um, they get to NED, no evidence of disease, because they're attending all treatments. They're not having missed or reduced doses. If if a cancer survivor gets really malnourished, they will have to uh, possibly cut down their um, their prescription of their their chemo, the infusion rate. Uh, maybe they'll have to miss ra- days of radiation. They may not be strong enough to attend their surgery. These things are then allowing you know we're not getting rid of the cancer fast enough, right? So we want to attend all these treatments. That's from eating really well calories, protein, fat, meats, fruits, veggies, whole grains. We don't want to juice. Juice is giving you like, you know, that's like not even really hardly eating. Now, are fruits and veggies really good? Yes, they're going to help gut health. They're going to protect your cells. But we don't really even want to juice. I, I don't want like juicing a lot of times will remove the pulp, the fiber, which is going to help gut health. So I really don't even want you to juice at all. I'd rather you just eat whole fruits and veggies, make smoothies. Um So, yeah, the other thing is certain cancer types, and this will kind of depend on the person, uh, a cancer survivor can become hypermetabolic, meaning your body's metabolism just shoots up because of cancer being present. What that means is now you, maybe you needed 2,500 calories a day, Mm. but because cancer is present, your body is now taking up 3,000 calories or more because the cancer, unfortunately, is uptaking nutrition, right? So you need to eat so much more to have enough nutrients for your healthy cells. So it all comes back to nourishing those healthy cells with all food mm-hmm. groups. So we don't want to try to manipulate for the cancer because the treatment will deal with the cancer.
1: Oh, beautifully explained and fascinating because obviously you cannot starve out cancer, which is another thing, another thing that must drive you absolutely up the wall. You're trying to fight. I would say that your role must be, I mean, more frustrating than anything because you're seeing all of these re- Ridiculous headlines that go against you're just trying to tell people, please keep eating, please eat the right things, please nourish your body when everyone's telling them to restrict, to take things out. Well, try to manipulate too, like the alkaline diet, for example. So, our lungs and kidneys are regulating
0: our body's pH. There's absolutely no way we want to change our body's pH. And it's very difficult. People don't realize, you know, a, a changed body's pH would be on, we want to ventilate our dialysis. It's very serious. So the alkaline dye or alkaline waters, it's not doing anything. And we want to look at basic biology, but, you know, for some people, basic biology, that doesn't make a lot of sense to them, you know? So just trying to really explain the simple ways of the human body and, and explaining cancer metabolism as best as we can. So people don't try those things that there's yeah. just no science
1: behind them at all. No, it's good that you separated uh, the difference between feeding the cancer, which has its own life support, its own way of utilising energy and kind of separating, because that's useful for our listeners thinking, actually, I'm going to feed me, not the cancer. And I think that's quite a nice way of of addressing it, because a lot of people might hear also that you mentioned glucose, And they might think, hang on, I've been listening to the Food for Thought podcast. I know glucose comes from carbohydrates, for instance. Therefore, should I reduce my carbohydrates? That's another huge thing that I guess you need to explain. No.
0: Yeah, no, not at all. If you were to remove all the carbs, all the glucose in your diet, the cancer would still get all the glucose it needs from your body. It would break down your tissues and your muscle, and it would would break down anything that it needs. It won't slow down. You know, that's just the important thing. We cannot manipulate cancer with nutrition and food and actually think about it. You know, that would just be very simple to remove mm-hmm. You know all the sugar, you know, or, you know, sucrose. It's just really not that simple. And um, yes, technically the cancer is uptaking nutrients true, you know, from your body, but we cannot manipulate or slow that down. We really want to focus on those healthy cells. And that's why cancer treatments are so intense and severe. Nobody wants chemo. Nobody wants these treatments, but these are the things that actually do get rid of cancer, not manipulating our diet. But there's so much we can do. Like you won't, like if you're a cancer survivor and you're going through cancer treatment, you're going to feel like you, you're going to have energy. You're not going to have as severe side effects when you eat well for your healthy cells. So Okay. If you're sitting there thinking, well, if I'm eating well, isn't some of this nutrition going to the cancer? Well, maybe, but those very strong cancer treatments are going to get rid of that cancer. All while you eating well is going to make your, your healthy cells happy and strong. So you can recover from each infusion. So you can recover from each radiation. So you can heal a lot faster from your surgery than someone else who's not really well-nourished. So just focus on those healthy cells and those cancer treatments will take care of the cancer
1: yeah absolutely it's such a good attitude i think i think to have and to keep this episode upbeat and also in a way to help people to encourage them if there's one thing they can do with their diets am i correct in saying they should be reducing red meats processed, ultra processed types of meats foods because there is a link isn't there between bowel cancer red meat um basically plant-based you mentioned earlier reduce the animal consumption
0: Yeah. So reducing cancer risk, the main things would be like all your meals and snacks to have two thirds of those plant foods. When you look down at your plate, you know, your meal, two thirds should be plant foods. Those are fruits, vegetables, whole grains, nuts, seeds, beans, legumes. And that other one third can be your fats, your dessert, your meats, your dairy, your eggs, your fish, your seafood. That's all fine. Okay. You can have some sugar. It's, It's really okay. Um so the only two foods that increase cancer risk at consumption like at any consumption is processed meats so like hot dogs you know deli meats things like that and alcohol so processed meats increases risk of col- colorectal cancer alcohol increases risk for breast liver stomach mouth throat and did i say Oof. what did i say breast, yeah breast liver yeah. colon mouth throat and stomach cancer there we go at Any consumption. Now, red meats won't increase risk of colorectal cancer unless you reach 18 ounces or 500 grams of red meats a week, which is a lot like three giant steaks. Yeah. So you can totally remove red meats. No problem there. But let's say you had a burger or a steak one week. There's no increased risk yet. But the processed meats and alcohol do increase at any consumption.
1: Yeah, I think the real problem we have, um, I know in the UK, I'm not sure over, over there exactly, but for us, it's that people just are not getting their fruits and vegetables at all. It's so low. I mean, we had a target here in the UK of five a day. It's been like that for years. Only 27% of the population in the last National Diet and Nutrition Survey, and we're a small country, you know, are actually reaching that. So I think one of the big systemic problems perhaps we have I'm not saying that, by the way, this is the cause of cancer for anyone listening. I'm not saying that. I am literally just saying that to optimize our health outcomes as a nation or as anybody listening, wherever you are in the world, we need to get those plants in. Come on, beans are cheaper. It's more affordable, cost effective. You can get them in a can. But oh, cans, cans don't cause cancer, right? Plastic. Should we touch on those two elements quickly? Yeah,
0: of course. Mm -hmm. And I love what you're saying. You are right. And, you know, I think a lot of people can actually reduce risk of cancer so much quicker if they just become, they look down at their plate. A lot of us, or maybe your listeners or and and here in the USA, it's the same. Average American doesn't get any more than 15 grams of fiber a day. You get fiber Mm -hmm. from those plant foods, Reduce risk of colon and breast cancer. You want to get to 30 grams of fiber a day. So Americans are, are low too. So, and I'm sure this is, you know, all around a lot of places in the world. Yeah. So canned foods are fine. They're not increasing cancer risk you know, if you're getting foods in plastic, it's okay. Um, Frozen fruits and veggies that are in those plastic bags um, that you have, you know, that you microwave, microwaves don't increase cancer risk. These things don't, but not having enough plant foods is increasing your cancer risk. So those convenient ways, you know, you don't have to buy organics, you can buy fresh, you can buy frozen, you can buy canned plant foods, get those you know, in that form, and they're going to reduce your cancer risk significantly by adding more of them in. I think just looking down at our plates and be like, oh, wow, I only do eat eggs for breakfast. Why don't I throw some whole grain toast, some avocado, some berries on that? Or, oh, wow, I just had a, you know, sandwich with cheese and meat, you know, why don't we put some, some veggies on that or veggies on the side or
1: fruit cup on the side? You know, mm-hmm. we want to find more Absolutely. ways to add them. And would you agree that it's a food first approach rather than taking a load of supplements? So I think a lot of people might, yes. might suddenly think I can imagine, oh, I'm not eating that well. I'm going to pop every everything I can, every pill. What's the truth in that?
0: You are so right. Please don't do that. <laughs> Please don't take supplements unless your doctor prescribes it. Maybe if you're elderly, pregnant, going through cancer treatment, you have anemia, um, iron's low. A lot of the times cancer survivors post-treatment will have to supplement with vitamin D calcium yes. to first support bone health. That's okay. Mm. But people out there, those pages or these companies, green powders, (laughs) Those green powders make me crazy, and all the supplements. And man, their marketing is so good. I get it. Those supplement websites are beautiful. Hey, but they're it's not evidence based. So don't don't take supplements because in fact, the World Cancer Research Fund. So it's a global continuous update project. This is a global recommendation to reduce cancer risk. Saying do not take supplements as a sole way to reduce cancer risk. It actually increases cancer risk Um, because what ends up happening. Remember we talked about earlier about damaging cells. Mm. You know that's increase cancer risk if you go over two hundred percent daily value or higher of any micronutrient. it starts to damage your cell. Someone says, so I'll get a lot like, Oh, vitamin C is so good. You know, more than, you know, more is better. No. So too much of a micronutrient will actually become a free radical and start to damage cells. So do not take supplements. It's very easy to get your Mm. daily nutrients from just food, especially if you have more plant foods, do not supplement unless you've had a blood draw and your doctor's like, Hey, we see a number here, let's supplement for this number. And then once that number is improved, let's get off of that supplement. So we don't have too high dose of micronutrients, which become free radicals.
1: Nicole, please just chat to me every week. Honestly, what you're saying just <laughs> makes me so happy because, you know, the only supplements like you said we need is if, if you're pregnant, we need vitamin D in the Northern Hemisphere here. You, you just don't need all these green miracle powders, these collagen things, this There is, I mean, the advertising, like you said, it's this dreamy, amazing advertising and it looks so appealing. And what's worrying is some health professionals do really, don't push a food first approach. And that to me is just really sad because we can influence so much if we just listen to ourselves and say food first, but I could waffle, let's, we're gonna move on Nicole to our fact or fiction round. Okay, are you ready? I'm so ready, I can't wait. (laughs) <laughs> by the way, everyone listening, she's just done school drop-off, so you know I'm gonna really be testing you right now. <laughs> yes, I know. I gotta. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, celery juice will cure cancer. Yeah, that's a myth.
0: <laughs> Remember, there's no one single food that's gonna cure cancer or reduce risk of cancer. You know, by itself. Also, celery juice is just that. It's celery blended down as a juice. You could have strawberry. You know, it's just a juice. It's got vitamin C. That's it.
1: Perfect. A diet high in alkali foods and low in acidic foods will make the body more alkaline, which prevents and helps cure cancer.
0: Completely false. Our blood pH is highly regulated tight to keep us alive by our kidneys and our
1: lungs. That's it. Amazing. Eating a diet high in fruit and veg, which contain phytonutrients and fiber, reduce the risk of cancer.
0: Oh, yes. We love plant foods. more more, yeah more is better
1: Mm -hmm. more is good whole grains are protective against cancer especially gastrointestinal cancers such as and colonic and hormonally dependent cancers including breast and prostate
0: that is true very good yep And, and whole grains by the way um include popcorn a lot of people think they can't have popcorn or they can't have microwave popcorn that is not true it helps to reduce cancer risk it's a great whole grain snack please have more popcorn
1: um popcorn is one of my favorite snacks i'm so happy to hear that yeah, um yeah. cancer survivors should avoid coffee
0: false coffee is great uh weak data shows it may reduce cancer risk but there's no strong data saying that it's going to increase coffee's fine enjoy it um yeah
1: it's love great. that because some people say green tea you know that like, oh green tea green tea green tea green tea what is the breakdown no.
0: well okay so a lot no both are good green tea mm-hmm. is good coffee is good they're both good You choose neither is going to be better. Okay. Um, Also a lot of cancer survivors deal with brain fog Um, way to one way to improve that brain fog is to have some caffeine. So Mm -hmm. if you want some green tea or some black tea or some coffee, just you're fine. Go for it. Enjoy that.
1: Okay. Giving up alcohol is crucial to prevent cancer.
0: Absolutely. hundred percent. Alcohol is ethanol. Don't let anyone say, Hey, it's got antioxidants. No, it has ethanol. It's going to damage your cells.
1: Yeah. There is not enough evidence to support that processed meats like bacon and sausages cause cancer.
0: That is false. There is uh, data to show. And even the more servings you have will increase risk of colorectal cancer, unfortunately. So we want to remove those processed meats and have more fresh
1: meats. Chari meats like on a barbecue produce carcinogenic byproducts and cause cancer.
0: That is true. So when you um, and it's just for um, animal proteins. So if you are barbecuing or pan frying or broiling, you do not wanna get a bunch of charring on there. Those carcinogenic byproducts will um, come about. Um, It is not hundred percent guaranteed you're going to get cancer if you have these charred meats, but yes, you're going to be consuming those carcinogenic byproduct. It's from the animal proteins that are being burnt. So like, let's say you had your veggies or like a starchy food, like marshmallows or um, bread, those are not going to increase risk of cancer when they're burned. And I do know that marshmallows do contain gelatin, but they still are not going to increase risk of cancer. So it's just those animal foods or seafoods that we don't want to burn and crisp.
1: Really thorough. Thank you. Using plastic bottles and containers can cause cancer. False. Just so no.
0: yeah, Totally false. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Good to know. The non-ionizing radiation from mobile phones can damage DNA and cause cancer. False. That's amazing. Oh, that was a fantastic fact or fiction round. So much information. That's,
0: so What's many happening? good things that you can enjoy. Yeah. See, this is, yeah. this is like supposed to bring the calmness down. We look at the science and we're like, whoa, we're okay. We can reduce re- cancer risk. We can live our lives and not be afraid.
1: Hi everyone, just a quick chat about my vitamin D supplement spray at Retrition Plus. So it's your daily dose of vitamin D. Please make sure that you're getting the amount that you need this time of year from September all the way through to around April. And for some people, all year round, we need to be taking our vitamin D. And it's an easy to use formula spray. I designed it to make sure that it's a vegan vitamin D3. It's made from British algae. That's so important to me, it's sustainable to support normal bones, muscles, and teeth. Now, our spray has been expertly formatted to combat the winter blues of course which we all get around that time of year and promote overall wellness so with our handy spray you'll get your daily dose for that extra ray of sunshine if you guys want to find out more about retrition plus head over to retritionplus.com and you can browse all of the products that we've created and find one that's right for you my commitment and the team's commitment to health goes way beyond just providing quality supplements i believe in transparency sustainability and a responsible approach to well-being. So Retrition Plus is essentially like your partner I suppose in achieving a healthier and more balanced you. We are rooted in science, we are focused on you. Be sure if you want to sign up of course to our newsletter via the website and make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Retrition Plus so you are up to date with the latest products and science-based information. We have got a few questions from our listeners. I know that We don't have as much time for this episode, but I really think these ones are really important to get in. Bex has said that I take turmeric supplements because I read that they're going to help me fight cancer. This runs in my family. I think she means the cancer. Is this true?
0: Oh, um, this is so common. So turmeric supplements are not recommended. They're going to fall under that category from the World Cancer Research Fund to say, please do not take supplements to reduce cancer risk. So unfortunately, when you take a supplement in like pill form turmeric supplements, um, I've even had clients um, whose liver's been affected by that. Um, your liver has to process everything, food, drug, supplement, all that. So let's remove the turmeric supplement. However, yes, turmeric root, The culinary spice that has anti-inflammatory and I love, I love a turmeric latte. I love, you know, turmeric oatmeal, but not in supplement form. It's so different. So the root or the spice from the grocery store is fine. Let her know that. And then, um, just the turmeric pill form supplement. I want you to throw it in the trash.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Um, oh, this is so helpful. Honestly, it's like music to my ears and just be aware everyone as well, that of course the potency of something that's been packeted as turmeric, you know, broken down compared to the root again, is going to be really different. So if you can get hold of turmeric root, go for it, add it to, yeah, like you said, your drinks. I mean, it's really dark over here at the moment and winter and cold. And I love a hot turmeric drink. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I don't eat that every day. I'm not perfect, but I'm just saying they taste good. Okay. Um, <laughs> Benny um, has asked, um, I'm scared of eating dairy now because I've heard that it can cause cancer, especially breast cancer. We did kind of touch on that, Benny, but do you want to just break that down again just to reassure? Yeah,
0: absolutely. So a lot of people are worried about hormone sensitive cancers. You're having increased risk when you consume dairy because people believe that the hormones um, within dairy products are increasing your risk. So that's not true at all. Hormone sensitive cancer, like dairy is hundred percent safe. In fact, I recommend it specifically because there's strong human data to show that it reduces risk of colon cancer, which is so exciting. Plus if you just look at the nutrient label or the nutrition label, I mean, it's got carbs, protein, fat, vitamin D. I love milk. It's great. Even mm-hmm. the flavored milks. I know there's added sugar, but the flavored milks are good too. So, um, there are no hormones that are going to synthesize, like bind to any of your receptors to increase your risk of, even if you could like Well, first off, let's back up. When you consume dairy, you're not consuming any human hormones. And also your digestion is digesting out like that RBST, for example, is where a lot of people get worried. It's being digested out. And let's say it wasn't digested out, which it is. It's digested out. It wouldn't bind to any of your hormone receptors. So there's no increased risk of any hormone sensitive cancers with dairy. I would really recommend just enjoying it and drinking it. And there's a lot of myths around dairy. A it's lot like the time. myths of
1: soy, isn't it? It's like people get it all wrong completely that the soy can mimic hormones. It just, it food just doesn't work that way.
0: Mm-mm. Nope. Uh, so human, so human um, hormone sensitive cancers are going to come from the hormones within the human body only. They will mm. not come from soy plants. They will not come from dairy. Okay, so our fat tissue, adrenal glands, ovaries will produce estrogen to increase those hormone sensitive cancers. That's it. You're mm. not going to get those hormones from soy, which is a plant yeah. or from-
1: know dairy i think it's a big concern because you know there are large rates of um, prostate cancer breast cancer i know for us in the uk at the moment and there were a lot of headlines recently actually nicole that i wanted to really touch on before we obviously wrap up the episode around artificial sweeteners because obviously they've just been added to the to the list um with the or is it the orc the orc Um, the
0: irc so actually no they were put in the um possible like with cell phones
1: yeah exactly so yeah
0: It doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Yeah. Everything could possibly increase cancer risk. You know, it's not proven. And what's a good thing about artificial sweeteners? Well, the headlines made it so scary, right? The headlines made it so scary. Like, oh my gosh, they're looking at artificial sweeteners and cancer. I mean, just that headline alone will make people really nervous. So what actually end up happening is they um, just reaffirm the the average, the ADI, the adequate daily intake of artificial sweeteners, which for like, give you an example, like Uh, You could have 17 diet Cokes or diet Pepsis or diet sodas or, or whatever diet soda you want. And you're around 170 pounds that, you know, that's considered the safe limit. No one's having 20 diet sodas a day. So what they did is they reaffirmed that number as being safe. Artificial sweeteners are one of the most studied ingredients. They just continue to study it and make sure it's safe. And they continue to show that it's safe just because it was added to the list of possible things that might increase cancer risk like cell phones it does not mean that it's going to increase cancer risk you could say anything could possibly increase cancer risk what we want to talk about is the strong human data and right now it's showing absolutely no increased cancer risk of any aspartame you know any any of those artificial sweeteners they're okay but those headlines made a lot of people feel really nervous they did Um, it's really unfair, especially if you are not well versed in to read, you know, articles. I mean, the research is there. It shows that it's still safe, but a lot of people don't know how to read the information.
1: Yeah. No so one does. Fine. No one's taught at school, generically speaking, how to read a research paper. So oh. it's it is terrifying for people.
0: Yeah. Terrifying. And then you go to these misinformation pages and they're just they're just loving it. They're like, Great, see, we told you. And and but mm-hmm. the people who, you know, go by this science are like actually. These articles are just showing again, they've been reviewed, they're still safe. That's actually the truth of what happened there.
1: Um, Absolutely. And I'm going to ask you a question now before we move on to our food for thoughts and our take home messages, which you are not going to like, Nicole. I'm just going to give you a warning in the sense that it's like a headline question you'll get asked in the media all the time. What are your top foods to include in the diet if you have cancer? And it's a question that I would dread if I was in, you know, specializing in your field. I'm sure there's so much nuance, but what are the key foods if anyone wanted to ask that question?
0: Well, the true answer is any plant food. That's the real, real answer. But if you're wanting to know maybe my top three favorites, um, I would say like berries. Berries are so great because there's so many different berries. They support brain health. They reduce cancer risk. They're easy to add in. So I would say berries is going to be a good one. Another great one would be your dark leafy greens. It doesn't. You don't have to eat kale, by the way. I know that was trendy for a while. I'm talking about arugula, you know, spinach, mixed greens. The dark leafy greens are so good. And again, all plant foods are going to reduce cancer risk. But these, I guess, are my favorites. And then the last one, I think, whole grains. There's just so many different varieties of whole grains. You can, you know, brown rice, whole grain pasta, whole grain breads. Mm. It's just there's so many and a lot of people are afraid to even include bread. So I want to encourage everyone to not only include more bread, but choose those whole grains. So I think those are my top three favorites that I'd recommend that I hope that everyone can enjoy more of.
1: Amazing. Oh, my goodness. Um, Nicole, we always finish the podcast with a food for thought. So I take home message. And I think I will start by just saying, first of all, I understand to everyone listening and there will be people listening to this who are impacted by cancer, who are having a rough time, who know somebody, want answers. And I am really acutely aware that we don't have probably the answers perhaps you may have tuned into this episode four, which might be the last question that I just asked Nicole. You might have tuned in thinking Rhiannon and, and Nicole are going to tell me you know, this is what I need to eat for my cancer. But I hope what we have done is empower you to trust your body, to realize that you do have the power to still nourish those healthy areas and those cells. And for anyone that of course doesn't have cancer to live your life full of nourishment and enjoyment with food still. It it is a really complex subject. And like I said, it's sensitive for me at the moment. And um, I'm glad I kept it together for this episode. And I really hope that, it's helpful. Nicole, if you could give our listeners a take-home message, I'm sure you'll do a better one than I just did. What no, would that be?
0: It, I It's it's easier than, you know, than social media makes you think to reduce risk for cancer. It's easier than you think it doesn't have to be so complex. Maybe if you're a cancer survivor or you have family history of cancer and you are like paralyzed with anxiety to always make the perfect choices. Let's remove that because if you're eating any plant food, whether it's canned frozen, you know, organic or not, you don't have to have organics, by the way, you're doing a great job. It's just having more plant foods. So I want you to think of it as being a lot easier. I don't want you to sit there and be like, well, which one is the best? It's really whatever fruit or vegetable you feel like that day, you're doing a great job. You know, and if you're drinking alcohol and you start to drink one glass less, or, you know, just drink a little bit less each week, you're doing a great job. It's never too late to reduce risk of cancer. Even if you've had cancer All the things we talked about actually are also supported through evidence to reduce risk of recurrence. And what about moving your body? Like, are you someone who already loves to move your body? Well, then you're reducing risk of cancer there. Can you, you know, move your body a little bit more? Let's just simplify things and make small goals. And, you know, when people say you have to do this one thing or you have to have this one food, don't listen to that. You know, listen to the people who are giving you options to reduce cancer risk because you have a lot of options. So just more plant foods you know, moving your body more and not being so hard on yourself to have this perfect diet because you don't have to have it be perfect. That's not realistic.
1: Yeah. Oh, Nicole, thank you. And I think for everyone listening, where can they go to find out more about the amazing work you do? Because of course the book, please just share, share with us everything, please. Oh yes, yes, yes.
0: Please come and find me and talk to me and DM me. So two places you can find me. The first place will be on Instagram or TikTok. The handle is oncology.nutrition.rd, or go over and just Google me, the oncology Um, you can shop there. I have so many different resources for cancer survivor. I have one on one coaching, and we even have a membership called Cancer Simplified. I have two books out, which is really fun. The sugar does not feed cancer. You can find that on Amazon. Or um, my second book is coming out in December, The Fuck Cancer Cookbook, which has so many different amazing recipes and you can yes. find all those at my shop. So head over to my website and get shopping and or head over to Instagram and DM me and we can talk.
1: Oh, see, you've got the support of Nicole. She is there. She is waiting for you, especially the new book. You have to go and get the new book, guys. Nicole, I can't thank you enough for sharing your time with us on Food for Thought today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Right, that's it. If you're enjoying Food for Thought, you will love what we have coming up in future episodes, I have no doubt. So if you're not already, you just have to hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. So this means you get a little notification bell. I wish I'd known about it earlier. So you don't miss out on the new episode and it comes out every single Monday. We've been doing Mondays since the start of Food for Thought. We're now on series 16. There is a lot of misinformation out there and I really hope that we're continuing to bring you the latest research along with our special guests to ensure that that you're just getting the best experience possible so if you are enjoying our episodes and you're learning lots then please do leave us a review or get in touch this will help enormously and ultimately help us reach more people and make sure we're doing the right thing by you and giving you the right information So if you want to learn more about the best-selling books, the clinic, perhaps you need to book in to see one of our fantastic clinicians, or to find out more about Retrition Plus, you can find everything you need to know on retrition.com. And you can follow, of course, me on Retrition on all social media platforms. Yes, I'm even on TikTok now, guys. So you can head over there and check it out.